Thanks for tuning in to the Ecom Growth Leaders podcast. This show is intended to highlight marketing and conversion techniques taught by today's leaders in the ecom world. I'll be interviewing the top marketers that are influencing the market, making an impact, scaling faster than their competitors, and doing good. I'm your host, Samir Al Kamuni, founder and CEO of Fetch and Funnel, a performance marketing agency specializing in omnichannel media buying, creative production, and conversion optimization. If you enjoy anything from today's episode, I highly recommend checking out fetchfunnel.com and sign up for our email newsletter where I promise to only send you content you can learn from and apply directly into your business to improve results and scale. At the end of each episode, my goal is to have you feeling inspired and fired up by learning from today's top innovators, marketers, and entrepreneurs. Let's dig into another amazing story about a unique brand crushing it and learn from their success and learnings. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for joining Ecom Growth Leaders. I'm super excited today about our guest, Brett Swenson. He's the VP of marketing over at a super cool, innovative shoe brand called Kizik. We're going to start off by jumping right into the brand and, and Brett's role and all that fun stuff. And we got a bunch of awesome stuff to cover today. So yeah, we're going to jump right in. Brett, thanks for joining. Super excited you're here. Yeah, thank you. Um, Good to be here. Awesome. So we'd love to just start off by telling our audience more about Kizik's and uh, yeah, what you're selling, what the brand's all about. Yeah. So uh, Kizik, you know, we're a direct consumer shoe brand that uh, we make hands-free shoes that you can put on with without using your hands. So, you know, uh, you don't need to bend down. You don't have to tie your shoes. You just literally step into the shoe and, and they're on and they fit like a, a regular lace-up shoe. So, um yeah, it's pretty cool. So this is that ultimate, uh, everybody's been known to do it. We've all done it, but then you don't have that real ugly <laughs> slouching <laughs> rear end of your shoe anymore, right? You just completely solved that problem. Yeah. So we, we call those the, the heel crushers, right? So everyone that kind of jams their foot in and, and crushes the, the backs of your shoes to, to slip in supposedly, you know, um, We've basically, um, you know, created several different ways to get into your shoes um, where you basically we have a collapsible heel or a spring back heel that you can literally just crush the heel, step in and it pops right back up and and cradles your your heel like like a shoe should. So. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, what is so I mentioned your VP of marketing, but would love to hear just about your role and, and what that looks like over at Kizik. Yeah, so um, I've been with Kizik for almost two and a half years now, and and um, uh, yeah, VP of marketing. So my my big focus is um, you know on growth and um, acquisition, um, kind of our uh, everything you know under the the umbrella of you know retention and growth and and you know media buying things like that. We um, and then uh, you know we work with some really talented people on the on the creative side that that run our creative and brand. And, and, um, uh, so, but, but yeah, we're, we're still a pretty small team, you know, we're, uh, so we're, we're wearing a lot, a lot of hats and, and, um, you know, really just trying to, to grow this brand and, and, um, having a ton of fun doing it. So. 
Awesome. Rearing into Q4, so I'm sure you're super busy. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. And everything. Yeah, all set for that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, would love to to hear just like how you got into it or, or you know, what got you excited about working over at Kizik or, you know, just a little bit of your story. Yeah. Um, I have kind of a, a non-traditional path into, into marketing and, and, um, you know, especially, you know, D to C, but, you know, I, I actually hated high school, uh, and traditional, uh, school. So I, right out of high school, I, I just started working as much as I could and, and actually was, was doing portrait photography. So, um, did, you know, weddings and, you know, uh, all different types of portrait, uh, photography and, and did that for almost 10 years. So, um, I did that with my brother and, and, uh, we, we built that business. It was, um, you know, Utah's, you know, largest. And, and I think one year we, we did like 300 weddings or something crazy like that. Um, so we were, you know, running this business and, you know, doing everything from operations to marketing to, to actually, you know, um, doing the, on the photography side. And that's kind of how I first got into at least marketing and, and trying to, to really get our name out there and, and build this business, but really had no traditional background. And, and then anyway, realized that, you know, didn't really want to do photography for the rest of my life. And, and, um, I, I got really into health and fitness and, and went to school, uh, for like personal training and exercise science and decided that, um, I wanted to go that route. And, um, got into personal training and realized that that was a really hard way to make a living. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of money in there and, and, uh, it was, it was again, pretty, you know, service-based and demanding on my time. So, you know, it took kind of what I learned about marketing and went the digital route and, and went into an agency and, and just started to learn as much as I could. Um, so we, you know, we did everything from SEO to PPC and, and did that. And, and then, um, I actually ended up uh, with, at a company called Purple. Uh, it's a mattress company, if, if you heard of it. Um, of course. The beginning there, um, you know, about six months after they they launched and, and helped um, build that brand and take it public and and was there for about two and a half years. And, and uh, that was just an amazing ride. We had so much fun there. And, and so that's kind of what gave me my first taste into the D2C space and and, uh, you know, I did a lot of email and retention, uh, marketing automation and really figured, Hey, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at this, you know, strategy and, and building systems and processes. And, and so, you know, full circle, like, you know, I got, um, the opportunity, my, actually the CMO that was a purple, he went over to join this brand called Kizik and, and he kind of started selling me on, you know, the, the patents and, and what it does and. It's like, all right, let's, let's do it. And, uh, came over and, and yeah, two and a half years later, here we are. So, um, it's been a pretty, pretty awesome ride so far. That's awesome. So you, you were a self-made marketing guru because you, when you start your own business like that photography business, new and to get to what, almost a shoot a day, 300 in a year, you're doing marketing and all sorts of branding and all sorts of stuff to get yourself out there. Right. So yeah. did, did, a, did a real great job there. And then, yeah, it's super interesting on the purple side. I mean, so that means that you were probably part of like the massive YouTube 
advertising growth and all that kind of expansion there. And, and yeah, probably ridiculously difficult customer acquisition goals and, and all sorts of stuff. And in the most competitive niche that there is, right? I mean, it's, it's my stereotypical example of if you want to see retargeting at its best and you want to see how brands can cross market, just go to any mattress website. <laughs> And then for the next six months, your Instagram feed is going to be filled with every other mattress brand. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's amazing. You hit it on the head. I mean, that, that is a competitive industry. And, and I thought that was big. Then going into the footwear space is like, holy cow. Like it's a whole, you know, level up 10 times and, and in this open sea of, of shoe brands. So yeah, but, but purple was, was really fun. Yeah, a uh, a different kind of of competitive nature, right? Because you've got now you're dealing with uh, people purchase shoes what they should every almost six months or a year. I feel like a lot of people carry onto their shoes a lot longer than they should, but you know, as far as sneakers go. But then you're you've got brand loyalty you're fighting against. You've got all these new companies popping up all the time, and you're you're competing against them. So yeah, I mean, but but how has but it's very interesting, your background, though, in, in health and, and things like that. So how is that? Do you feel like that's influenced some of the, you know, maybe marketing play or, or, or anything that, you know, you've been able to just like with your knowledge and experience there sort of infuse into into the brand? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think, um, yeah, there's, there's probably some things that we're able to learn. I mean, the service business is, you know, in, in doing weddings and also working, you know, with, with clients and things like that. It's really, you know, um, human psychology and figuring out how, you know, what people's goals are, what, you know, what ultimately motivates people and, and, um, you know, kind of understanding those behaviors and, and leveraging those to, to, you know, get people to where they want to go. And I think that's, you know, as a marketer, that's what we're doing, right? We're trying to understand, um, what, what the ultimate outcome is and, and what people are, are trying to achieve and, and help them get there um, through a product or a service. And, and um, so, yeah, I mean, I hadn't really thought about it um, that way, but I think there's definitely some lessons that, you know, you learn along the way that, that um, uh, give you some, some insight into, into behavior that, 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 yeah, people, people have. So. Yeah. And the, and then sure the health stuff as well, right. Just like the, yeah. I mean, that's an interesting one for me as like, I found out I was wearing the wrong shoe size for pretty much my whole entire life until <laughs> just a couple of years ago and got a fancy scan and realized I'm a wide and <laughs> all these different things. And it completely changed sort of my perception there. And then, yeah. And then how often people should be changing out their sneakers and things like that just for like optimal, you know, health and posture and all of the things. Right. Um, yeah. 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 And, and, and especially with our brand, you know, um, when, when you think about hands-free shoes, you know, we, we think, you know, shoes for everyone, right. Convenience, uh, people that need it, those with disabilities, those, um, you know, you name it, you know, we, so we have a pretty wide net that, that, um, you know, we, we service, but, you know, immediately people will start to think about someone that uh, really needs this technology, right? Someone, you know, from pregnancy to, you know, kids, right? Um, have you ever tried to put a, a chubby baby foot into a shoe? It's a, it's a challenge. So, 
you have those that need it, right? And then those with limb loss or, you know, Parkinson's or diabetes or, or just those that, um, you know, struggle with, with weight issues, right? It's just harder to bend down and put on your shoes. So we get a lot of, um, really amazing stories from, from those people that, um, you know, our shoes have been life-changing, right? They, they've never, you know, for the last X amount of years, haven't been able to put on shoes or they rely on a caretaker and, and, um, now they can put their shoes on by themselves and that independence and sense of, um, you know, just, uh, enhanced mobility just is, is so life-changing for them. And so we love hearing those stories and, and, uh, helping those people. And, and we also, you know, just love bringing this technology to everyone, right? I mean, you think about the technology that we grow up with now and innovation, you know, how often do you see someone going up to their car using a key to unlock their car door? Um, we all use, I mean, how often do you see a key fob anymore, right? We all can, we can unlock our cars yeah. from our, our phones or, um, and so we feel like, you know, this, what we have is that evolution of, you know, you know, yeah, you can bend down and tie your shoes, but why, why would you want, why do you want to do that? And, um, this is just added convenience and benefit. So just awesome to have a, a pretty wide net of, of who we can, we can service them. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and that, I feel like that, that what feel, what doesn't feel that big, how much of an impact that can make on someone's life for just a little bit more independence in their life, right? Like if you feel like you have to rely on someone to tie your shoe or, or get it on, like you were saying, I mean, wow, that just, yeah. I mean, that, that must, yeah. I mean, that must be an awesome story to, to tell and, and, uh, those types of reviews and stuff like that. Cause that is, that is cool. I mean, that is a really awesome need that, that, that you're filling. Um, yeah, super cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, so I know you guys are, are, are in a high growth stage and, and, and really kicking butt there. Would love to know just right now how you you're defining success. Yeah. Um, Good question. Um, I think it depends on <laughs> who you are in, in a company, but I, for us in marketing, right? We, as you mentioned, you know, we're in we're in uh, hyper growth mode. We've, you know, five to seven x over the last year, and um, you know, I, I think unlocked a lot of um, opportunity for us. And so, you know, we're we're looking at those obvious growth metrics, you know, of you know when you start to dig into customer acquisition and lifetime value and you know, are we driving our CAC down and, and what does that look like for us, especially with, with the changes, you know, the iOS changes and, and, you know, how we're, how those have, have evolved. But for us, yeah, we, you know, it's, it's about, you know, reaching, um, new people. And, and one thing that's unique about what we're doing is we're, we're building a brand new category. And so we really want to be the brand you think of when you start to think about hands-free shoes and, while not everyone's thinking about that yet or know that that's a, um, you know, a problem that we're solving, you know, we're really trying to educate and, and, um, you know, get, get, you know, mass, mass market adoption of, of this technology. So it's kind of two pronged. We're doing, uh, you know, some awareness and, and general education and building a brand and then also really focused on our customer acquisition costs and, and, uh, you know, just driving, you know, our overall, um, you know, customer growth is, you know, as high as we can. And, and, um, and so, yeah, that, that, those are kind of the things that we're looking at that, you know, uh, not getting too far into the weeds of the nitty gritty numbers, you know, we're, 
we're obviously monitoring those every day and, and seeing seeing that. But um, you know, at a high level, those are the things that really um, are our north star. Yeah, the uh, the two most important things, and it's very difficult to juggle the the brand awareness and and getting it out there, but may not really get you a great CAC or, or CPA or return on on an, on ad spend. But then you, it's got to be a piece of it in order to to continue getting customer acquisition down and and keeping you know yeah just sort of the regular new customer acquisition and all sorts of numbers down, uh, like you said, just competitive industry. So I'm sure that's a, a, a difficult one to juggle, but uh, a fun problem to try and solve. Yes. Most days it's fun, right? <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, building a brand that is sustainable uh, so that, you know, when, you know, spend dips or, you know, you turn off a channel, like you still, are are seeing those customers come in and and you're continuing to build you know some some loyalty there and and um you know that that's something that that's really important to us is that that um you know we continue to have new eyeballs and and build a brand while, while still you know maintaining those those number for us so it's yeah it's it's a really fun challenge and we, and we have really good support and and um understanding of you know those things typically um are somewhat inverse and and there's you know when you have understanding from the top down that this is our our play and and some of this is a little more long term and some's short term then then you you really get buy in uh to try some really innovative and and creative things so it's great yeah that's the best that's the best when you don't have to convince anybody that this is important <laughs> yep um that's awesome to have that that freedom um, so, I mean, you've been there a couple of years now and, and the business is a couple of years old now. So, I mean, now I would love to hear just maybe one of, one of your you know, biggest successes so far that you've had so far, it could be more than one or, or really any, any specific breakthroughs you feel like you've had, um, could be specific, could be broad, but yeah, I would love to, would love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. I, you know, for us. I, I should say for me, um, you know, we, we originally, originally started, Kizik was, um, you know, predominantly male um, and it was predominantly a 60 plus um, brand. So we had a lot of people kind of in that needs category. Um, you know, we had really, um, you know, pretty much our offering was, was leather shoes that were, you know, heavy, you know, nicer priced, you know, around 150 to, to $200. And, and um, when we came in, we, we really just, you know, wanted to make this an approachable brand that would be um, available for everyone. Um, and um, everyone felt like they could come, whether they were, you know, male, female, uh, old or young. And so we really set out to uh, rebrand and, and um, did so over, you know, about a year. And... Um, almost immediately when we, we kind of shifted our color palette and shifted our messaging to convenience and, you know, every day and for everyone, you know, we saw um, immediate, um, you know, just a, a, an amazing response and growth around that. And, and I think for us, it was a pretty big risk, right? We, we had seen some, some things that worked, right? Obviously this, the older population that really needed this technology, you know, kind of um, repositioning ourselves and, and telling a different story, um, you know, was, was a bit of a risk there. And, um, but we really feel like it would pay off and, and help us scale. And, and to see that just 
come to fruition in, and, um, you know, that, that was just a, a pretty big win for our team. You know, uh, it was a ton of work and, and to see that play out and, and to start to, uh, see, see our demographics change and get younger and get broader and, and, um, more inclusive, um, you know, was, was great for us. So, you know, those are, you know, at a high level, that was a really big win for us, um, to re kind of transform the brand. And then, you know, we, we've seen some, we launched a, a hero campaign, um, you know, that we shot with a, a really talented group here locally in, in Utah and, and really tried to what we call kind of infotainment, right? Where you're telling the story of education and, and introducing a brand and a technology that's new, but also, um, you know, really making it entertaining and engaging for people. Um, and that really helped lift us and, and take us to the next level. So uh, that was big for us. Yeah, that that's awesome. That's a very difficult pivot to make. <laughs> Not, you know, you've done a great job because when I landed on the website, you know, first time it was my immediate reaction was, it was very wide, you know, could be for young, could be for old, could really be for any age range, any, any demographic. Um, but yeah, lo love that you're touching on the on the storytelling part because I feel like that's such an important piece these days that differentiates brands that some brands just forget to tell, right? And and they forget that they have a great product or 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 even a great service and they, you know, aren't telling that story enough, right? That that and that's what we buy, you know, that's what we buy, right? Brands that that tell that story. I mean, even the stuff that you're talking about around, you know, changing people's lives and, and giving, you know, people with, uh, you know, different disabilities or things like that makes me want to support the brand just there alone, right? Just because like, Hey, I want to be a part of this. That's awesome. That that's happening. Let alone, I just want to be lazy and slip on my shoes easier than, you know, what I'm doing right now. So yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, so I mean, as, yeah, I mean, so as, I guess you're kind of going through that pivot and then also, you know, now that you you've you've crossed that hurdle, I guess, of almost the rebrand and everything like that, we're sort of the two or three biggest growth levers that you've been pulling for the business, you know, last year or, or yeah, however long. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, going back to our creative approach, I think is, is at the top of that. So, Again, we have a pretty demonstrable product, right? It, it helps to really see it in action. You know, I could tell you, we make shoes that are easy to put on without using your hands. And you could think, oh, it's like a slip on or a sandal. And um, I think that's where we really felt like we needed to um, really tell our story in a, in a demonstrable way that people could see and feel. And, um, and so really doubling down and, and focusing on our creative was, um, a big level for us. Um, and I think we learned some of that at purple, right. Um, creating really, uh, entertaining and educational pieces of content that both, you know, helped you understand key differentiators, but also created some of that, um, brand affinity and, and helped you stay connected to a brand through their content. So we, you know, are big believers in, in content, and um, so we'll continue to, to double down and, and uh, focus on ways that we can tell our story. And then, you know, one that, that I think a lot of people talk about is influencers and brand advocates. Um, that's been uh, something that um, I've never done before in my career, but really trying to learn and understand, you know, how we could involve 
um, others, you know, whether they have a massive following or they're just, they're a brand advocate, right? How can you empower these people to tell your story through their lens? Um, because they know, you know, how to do that best for their audience. And, um, so really trying to understand that landscape in the world of, of working with influencers and, and, um, you know, what, what motivates them and, and what keeps good relationships there. And, and, um, so that's been a big one for us that, you know, recently I'd say as much as six to eight months ago, um, we weren't, you know, we weren't doing, um, uh, we had people, you know, that would start to reach out, but we just weren't, there was no strategy behind it. And I think that's important is to, to put that behind it. And, and then, you know, third, you know, we're, we're still, you know, um, we focus on social advertising, you know, Facebook and, and, and the like, but, um, TikTok's been really, um, really interesting for us. You know, uh, when I, you know, when you think about TikTok, or at least when I did, it was, you know, felt for definitely the younger generations and, and those that, that may be out of our, our demographics. Um, but really leveraging and trying to test into new platforms and find, uh, if there's traction there and, and see if it can scale. Um, you know, we, we've finally kind of been able to crack a little bit of, of TikTok and, and find some niches there that have really worked for us and, and, uh, just helps us diversify spend a little bit, right. As, as rocky as Facebook, um, and Instagram have been, you know, being able to diversify a little bit and, um, test some new things is I think, uh, been really important for us, uh, and we'll be moving forward. So, um, yeah, so those are our, some of our, our bigger, uh, levers that we've, we've been able to kind of, uh, work on this year. That's awesome. I, I, I love all three of those points. I almost want to touch on them just a little bit briefly, because I feel like there's a, a couple nuggets in there maybe for our audience. So, so on the, on the, so Purple's definitely like a great case study for social, uh, uh, for, for social selling and, and for storytelling and doing a great job of that, right? Like I mentioned, their YouTube strategy and the videos that they made that I'm sure you were an awesome part of. Um, now, I'm curious, maybe on the Kizik side, and we don't need to talk about numbers or budgets or anything like that, but you know, I'd assume maybe Kizik may not have as much of a budget to produce that. You know, purple was clearly a high budget production for a lot of those videos. Um, how, yeah, I guess like if that's the case, if it's not the case, please correct me. <laughs> that is the case. Like, how have you, you know, handled that? Cause I feel like that is a lot of brands don't have like those big budget. They see ads like purple. And they go, wow. Yeah, that's great. But I don't have $40,000 to spend on, you know, getting, getting the models and getting the actors and, and, and doing all of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think you know, um, for us, we, um, we luckily had, you know, uh, you know, some, some money that we could, we could try and, and we have kind of our, our creative budget and things that we can test. But honestly, I think, you know, where we started, um, it was, you know, just doing things in house or finding kind of that, um, uh, you know, nitty gritty way to, to get in and, and bootstrap it. Right. I mean, and especially now, uh, you know, back, you know, when purple was, was doing some of those things, you know, those polished, um, high produced videos were, were new, right. That, you know, you saw squatty pie and you see, you saw, um, you know, some of those, those other brands that had kind of changed, you know, dollar shave club, some of those, and then purple, 
you know, came out with, with their version and, and, um, but, but now, you know, that authenticity and, and, you know, shooting stuff from your iPhone or, or whatever it may be, you know, those things resonate and, and, um, almost, you know, perform, you know, just as well, if, if you can, if you can execute and, and tell your story. So I think, you know, whether you have a, a, a large budget and you want to take a swing there, I think those things still work, um, to produce those. It, it, it's a good way to, to uh, stand out, but then also, you know, finding creative angles. Um, I'm blown away again at, at the, you know, you, you watch a TikTok that has been produced by, by someone in, in their house and, and the storytelling and the way that that's, that it's actually produced. I mean, you can, you can do so much now that you don't need those massive budgets, but it's, but yeah, telling that story is, is key and, and finding, you know, wherever you're going to, showcase that, whether that be YouTube or Facebook or, or, or whatever, you know, making sure that that it matches the, the platform that it's going to be on. Right. And I think that's the key. Um, and, and that'll help, uh, push you on the type of creative maybe to create for that, that platform. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. The, the founder story telling your story. Yeah. Just whipping out your phone and, and recording videos, telling people about it. Um, yeah, I love that. And, and so, you know, lo love that you touched on the influencer piece and the brand ambassador. I'm curious as you're getting some of that content or getting some of that sort of user generated content, things like that has, has a lot of that spearheaded some of your TikTok strategy and, and some of the videos that you're using there to, to have the success that you've been seeing, or are you still sort of doing that, the storytelling around the brand or, or what, where have you kind of had seen the success creatively there? Yeah. Um, yeah, UGC is a, a great place. You know, I, I like that you mentioned, you know, using that to spearhead um, other things. I, I think for us, we we started, in, you know, one example I'll give is um, we started to see a lot of UGC from uh, pregnant women, right? Um, they would, they would, they found our shoes and we weren't really pushing that message at all. They found our shoes and, and um, you know, started to, to create some some fun content and, and so we leaned into that a little bit and and started to to say okay how do we tell that story and and um yeah we have we have tested some of that on TikTok and and uh, tried to involve other creators that again can kind of tell that story from from their lens and and from their viewpoint um obviously you know they're the ones having to deal with with the you know, bending down and trying to put on shoes while, you know, during pregnancy. And so letting them tell that story and, and then, you know, listening, right. I think that's important to do as a brand is, is listen to what people are telling you, if it's working for this or for that, um, you know, listen to, to those things. And, and then, you know, that, then you can kind of iterate and, and weave your story in through there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been huge for us to just to allow others to tell our story so it's not a, it's not a, you're always trying to push, push your story. So. Yeah, that, that's awesome. We, we have had two moms on our, on our, uh, on our team this year have, have new kids and, uh, they called it out right away that <laughs> they were really, yeah, that, that it was, a sort of, a, I wish I had this or knew about it before. <laughs> um, so yeah, I can see that story playing out really, really well and that content doing really well when you're getting in front of new moms. Um, so yeah, I mean, talking about the success would, would love to almost hear, you know, some of the mistakes maybe you've made along the way, or maybe some missteps that have happened or you know, hard lessons that have been learned or landmines you've, you know, had to step around or yeah, really anything that, that could 
could benefit others. Oh man, there's, I mean, how long do we have? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I think, um, yeah, for us, you know, luckily, I guess the way that I look at it is, is the mistakes are, are our company culture and especially on the marketing is like, don't be afraid to make a mistake, take a swing. Right. And, um, that kind of, um, you know, leadership and, and what we try and distill through our, our creative team through, you know, everyone on our team is, is, you know, there, there really aren't any mistakes. They're just ways that we can, we can learn and, and, um, and try something better. I mean, that's the only way we like to test into things a lot and then scale from there. So we'll, we'll test everything, you know, we're always open to, to testing and then, uh, see if, if we can then potentially scale it. So, I mean, I think, you know, outside of that, I mean, we've, we've tried some influencer, um, things that, that I, I feel like were, were some pitfalls. You know, a lot of people feel like you, when I, when you hear influencer, right, it's, it's paying someone with a few hundred thousand followers to create some content for you, right? A, a couple thousand bucks. And, you know, for a, a brand that's just getting going, I mean, that's, that's, that's 2000 bucks, right? And, um, we, we tried a few of those and, and, um, what we just, we found that really, you know, that, that pay to, to produce content or to, you know, be an advocate for the brand, just, it wasn't authentic and they weren't, they weren't really, they couldn't really, um, execute on video or whatever they were doing, the, the, the authenticity that we wanted around, you know, why they love the, the, the product, the brand. And so I think that's one thing is you, you start to hear some of these, these tactics people are doing, like, you know, find your own route. We, we started working with more of the micro influencers, like thousand, thousand followers or, or 5,000, whatever it may be. And, and do they, do they storytell well? Do they produce good content? Are they true fans of the brand? And if they checked those, those check boxes, then, you know, we'd love to work and, and continue to work with, with those people. Um, just because again, the content they produced, you know, maybe it's, it's, it doesn't have a blue check mark that is coming from, but, um, it's resonating with people just like them, which are, which is the mass, you know, uh, market and those that are, that are buying our shoes. So, you know, we learned our, some hard lessons by investing some, some money into, into influencers and, and others and, and, um, you know, it didn't pay off, but you know, that, that was really helpful for us to learn for, for future creative as well. Um, so. Yeah, no, super helpful. The, the days of hiring the Kardashians is gone, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're definitely in a, in a new, new era of influencer marketing. I mean, that's a lot of the stuff that we talk about with our clients at Fetch and Funnel. We're, we're definitely, leaning always pushing towards the micro influencers just like you said i think it's it's difficult these days to get an roi from some of those larger influencers these days because unfortunately maybe they think they're worth more than they are or engagement has dropped because an algorithm changed or or whatever and like you said if they produce a top-notch video and it's really great content then it's totally worth it right thousand dollars for a really great video can still be a good deal if that video produces tens of thousands of dollars on the ad side yeah. but yeah but those micro influencers can sometimes 
almost be more authentic, right? Or almost want to put more time and energy into it because they, they are trying to make a name for themselves or show brands that they care. So yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, yeah. I mean, have, have you reached out to, to customers for UGC and, and things like that too? I'm curious, just like, especially with a brand like yours, you know, have you had, had issues with that? Have you had, you know, how receptive have customers been? Because every brand and, and demographics different, right? You've, and you talked about, you, you started with the older crowd, which is usually much harder to get any kind of UGC from whatsoever. Um, you know, but getting into TikTok and, and others, I'm really curious about that. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, that's been a big focus for us is, is, um, trying to find an easy way for people to do so. Right. Because I think it's easy to say, oh, Hey, we'd love for you to create, you know, a, a quick video or, or if, if people do it right, it's, it's usually done. <laughs> They've shot it in, you know, landscape and you're like, oh crap, how do we then repurpose this for, uh, you know, more of a vertical feed or something like that. And, and, and so we've just really tried to, yeah, find, find a way to make it easy for, for customers. That's, that's really what anyone wants, right? Is if, if you're asking for it or you're, or, or, um, you know, or people are doing it on their own, how can it just be easy? And so, um, you know, I don't think we fully solved that, but, um, we've been able to get some really good stuff from people that, that again, are, are, uh, I know I've hit on this, but they're telling, your story through their lens. And um, I just feel like that's really important for brands these days is, is step back and let, um, you know, you, you're you so in it day to day and this is how we want our brand to come across and this is the way we want to message it. And, and you know, look at us and look what we're doing. And and then you, you, you put that out there and then people, you know, it, it resonates to a certain degree and then they buy your product and then, you know, they're using it a completely different way or, we're talking about it very differently to their friends and why they bought it and how they're using it. And so if you can get that uh, pushed back to you in in some type of content, um, a review, or or if you're lucky enough to get them on camera, you know, them telling that story, I mean, that's, that's gold for a marketer to then just say, all right, perfect. I don't have to do anything to this. I'm gonna just make sure it's in the right format and we're gonna push it out <laughs> and put some money behind it. and. And that stuff just continues to crush for us. Um, so yeah, trying to just make it easy for people and, and then get out of the way, right? Uh, let them let them tell their story. Yeah, love that, love that. Reduce the friction, make it e as easy as possible. Yeah, great, great, great suggestion. Um, so notice on the website, multiple analytics uh, platforms. I see you've got Google Optimize installed in there, Hotjar, you name it. It's really curious just how close, you know, are you paying paying attention to, to store conversion rates? Um, I'm sure when you made the website change, that probably, or the branding change, target demographic change, I'm sure that impacted things quite a bit. But, you know, these days, as you have made that shift, how close of a priority is, is conversion rate optimization for the business? And you know, are you A-B testing the site, things like that? Really curious, like what's the number one thing you're you're doing to lift conversion rate right now? Or if that's a focus, you know, either this year or going into next year? Yeah, it it's um it's a big focus, but it's not as big as I, I want it to be. Quite frankly, we're um, as I mentioned, we're still a pretty small team, and so you know, a lot of us are wearing a lot of hats and and um so we've we definitely um, utilize and pay attention to 
Uh, I mean, that's that's one of the things I look at every day is is conversion rate on our site and and bounce rate and, and some of those things just to make sure as we scale and as we drive new traffic, like how is that how is that impacting or, or what are those people doing on the site, right? So whether you're using Hotjar to kind of see user behavior on the site or uh, you know we did a, a test it was well, it's been six seven months ago where a very simple test with with Google Optimize where we just on our our header we we had some links there and we decided to just test a couple different collection types and collection pages that we were sending people to nothing major but it was just the way that what we showed first to people and um, we let it run for you know a month or so and and it was just amazing to see that one little change you know we were able to see a, a pretty big bump in conversion rate and average order value um, just by showing them and narrowing down product selection. So kind of getting our best sellers in front of people and getting um, and and testing um, some different colorways and and and, um, uh, and then you know testing a little bit of messaging headline um, as well. It, it just was very simple changes that we were able to do without you know a dev background and. Um, and then that that one, and, and we implemented it the next day. Um, you know, after we had some statistical significance. But you know, moving forward, you know, I think that's that's just it's going to be uh, more important. You know, the more you scale, the more traffic you get, the more those incremental wins um, add up. Right, a percent here or there um, is a is a big a big increase in revenue on uh, downstream. So I think for us. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be a heavy emphasis, especially going into, you know, 2022 and, you know, issues with attribution and, and, and everyone's trying to find efficiency anywhere they can get it. And so, um, yeah, it's, we want to definitely do more of that and, and um, test into some things. So. Awesome. Yeah, love love that that uh, that example, right? Because that's that's not a difficult thing to test. That's not making some. I mean, it's a it's a it's a little bit of a big change, but it's not it's not massive, right? It's not it doesn't require difficult development work or anything like that to do, right? But that's uh, that's a great you know, it's a great test, like just checking navigation, making things simpler, making sure people are going in in the right uh, direction, right? That's the point of every website turning it into a sales funnel in a way, right? At advocating for the brand, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I love that. That that's awesome. Um, so curious, you know, what excites you the most in the year ahead, whether it's, you know, in the e-com industry or, or within your own marketing? Uh, it, internally for us, I think we're still so young and there's still so much that we, you know, just like we talked about with CRO, there's so much and so much opportunity in front of us. Um, I'm just excited, to, you know, as we scale to be able to test and, and to try new things and to, um, you know, things are, things are evolving and shifting, which we're seeing in e-commerce and, and, um, you know, staying on top of those things and, and, and then testing, you know, you always know something, there's always going to be something else coming out and, and, um, something new to try, but then just going back to, you know, we're, we're getting into, um, connected TV and, and OTT and, and, um, and again, we're going to try some, some things there coming up. Um, and, um, so there's new verticals that we want to test and new channels. Um, and I feel like we've just scratched the surface. And then for us, we're also, um, hopefully next year going to, going to try our own 
uh, retail store as well. So, um, you know, really trying to bring the experience that we give people on the site, you know, really, really try that in person. And, and again, we call it our aha moment when someone can actually step into the shoes and try it, it really shifts their perspective on, on what we're selling. And so I'm really excited to give, um, that in-person experience to, to people that they can, um, really understand what our technology and, and what our shoes uh, do and how they feel. So, um, I'm really excited for that, um, coming up. Yeah, that's awesome. Very experiential product could see that being giving that aha moment. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense and, and that's cool. I mean, shoes is a tough one, right? Very personal, very personal thing for people, right? I mean, for some people it almost feels like part of our identity sometimes, right? What, what, what you're wearing and, I mean, yeah, I mean, just look at the shoe collectors and, and the guys, you know, the YouTube channels around just sneaker reviews, right? I mean, it's, it's endless. So yeah, I mean, that, that is very cool. Uh, I'm sure a, a big, uh, a big hurdle. Are you opening that local to you guys or where are you thinking about opening that store? Yeah, I think we'll, we'll start local. And, and again, we, we want to treat it as, is a, a bit of a test, right? You know, we're, we won't get it perfect, um, out of the gate, but, um, you know, really see what resonates with people and, and build that experience. And then, and then, you know, our hope is that we can, we can then do more and, and start to expand our footprint. But, um, yeah, so you have to come out to Utah and, and check it out once we get rolling. I'm there hundred percent. Sounds awesome. So, I mean, quick hot topic, just, you brought it up and, and, uh, you know, it's on everybody's mind these days. So curious, just given cookies, you know, with issues going there, you know, maybe they're going to disappear in the near future, online privacy, all that kind of stuff. Curious, just like what challenges you feel like that, you know, may pose for the business or already is posing for the business, uh, going to retail, obviously will, will, will cure quite a few <laughs> of those things if you have success there. Um, but yeah, wondering just, you know, how you're trying to overcome those challenges these days or, or any, you know, maybe wins you've had around it or ways that you're thinking about it moving forward, all that kind of stuff. Oh man. Yeah. There's, <laughs> I mean, just like anyone else, we, we've definitely seen, you know, a loss in, in some of our efficiency with, with what's going on in, with privacy. And, and I think for us, um, you know, again, going back to um, storytelling and and really uh, trying to think long-term too, build a brand, right? Tell tell your story and and uh, not be so reliant on, you know, I just see a lot of brands that talk about and really are, you know, if you shut off Facebook, then what, right? Like if, if those stop and you can't scale or they're just, you have to turn them off and does that just turn off any traffic in, in and sales, or have you, have you thought about building a brand and telling your story outside of just, you know, your conversion campaigns and selling the product? And, and I think that's one thing where, you know, not necessarily we had foresight into, into what was going to happen with, with Facebook and, and challenges, but starting early on with that being a focus, knowing that it's harder to track, you know, revenue and, and direct, um, attribution from, from those efforts. Um, We've, I think, been able to weather the storm um, a little bit better than some other brands that have just been so focused on, you know, conversion, 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 and now, 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 without having a little bit um, bigger picture, right, into building a brand. So I, I think 
that's been one that we'll continue to focus on and, and build upon. And then I think first party data, right. Or, or zero party data, um, really trying to get, you know, understand your consumer, um, as soon as you can. Right. So whether that be, you know, obviously collecting, um, emails and, and phone numbers and, but then also maybe taking a step further and understanding, you know, um, you know, asking them some questions and understanding who they are so that you can start to tailor your messaging to those people because obviously we're, we're, we're challenged to allow algorithms to do that as, as much as they, they used to, right. Try to serve your ads to the right people. And so I think that's something that, um, you know, we're hoping will, will help fill in some of those gaps. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll continue to learn just like everyone else and, and take things as they come. But, um, I think those are some things that we're thinking about now, um, and putting in place now structurally, um, collecting and, and owning as much as our, uh, of, of our own data as we can. And so that, you know, we can be, um, agile and, and smart with, with how we utilize that. So. Yeah, I, I love that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I love the, the suggestion, right. Of, of, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but the, the brand awareness play, right. Getting the brand out there more, obviously you talked about getting in more into programmatic and connected TV, things like that. So much harder to track, um, methods, but you know, Hey, but you know, can, can produce really low CPMs and, and do a really great job of, of getting the brand out there. Right. And, and getting more recognition. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, if we don't have cookies and it doesn't matter in that, in that instance anyways, right. Cause you're just, yeah, you're trying to capture eyeballs and, 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 if you guys are doing a great job, which you are of storytelling and, and all kinds of things around that, then, uh, yeah, it's going to resonate with the right people. And, and that makes a lot of sense. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I know I've taken, uh, some of, some of your time away from the very precious moments we have in Q4. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Would love to, you know, maybe end things just with any advice that you would give just to, you know, to other marketers out there that are either trying to break, you know, certain certain ceilings that they they've maybe been having trouble trying to hit, you know, whether it's breaking a million, whether it's breaking five million, whether it's breaking ten million. Um, you've had awesome experience and two very awesome high growth uh, positions. So yeah, I would love to just see any, any, uh, kind of ending remarks or any advice that you would have for other marketers out there. Um, yeah, you know, I guess the first thing that I'd say is, um, don't be afraid to fail, right. Um, take some chances. I, I think those that, that take swings and, and some, some risks, whether that be creatively, um, or, um, you know, pivoting, um, away from something to, you feel like something that may work better, you know, I think, uh, you know, fight for that and, and, and test it. Right. I think that's a lot of what, what, what we do as marketers is, is try and test and learn. And, and, um, it's a lot easier said than done. I, I'm not the best at it, but you know, when, when something doesn't go exactly how I wanted it, you know, you feel that, that sense of, of failure. Right. But we've, we've, we've consistently tried those things and without the feeling of, of, you know, um, like we've, we've completely failed and, and more often than not, it's, it's worked out. And I think that's really what helped our business go from where it was, you know, 18 months ago to where we are now, um, by taking some swings. Um, 
And then I think, you know, and that goes with, you know, just because everyone else is doing the exact same playbook, you know, maybe try, try running it a different way. Right. I think that's one thing that, um, we've been able to, to do and, and, um, just, just do things a little bit differently. Um, and then I think, uh, the other thing we talked about was to listen, right. Listen to, listen to your customers. And, and I hear people talk about it where you have to call them up and survey or talk to your customers. And I'm like, yeah, that's one way, but you know, there's not a ton of people that are actually, especially with a small team, it's hard to just find the time to do all those little things, right? But so find other ways to listen, right? There's easy tools out there where you can ask a, a post-purchase survey. You can just listen on social. Um, you know, people want to talk about products they love. So find where that is and just listen and then take what they're saying and put it into your, into your, your, your boiling stew of, of creative and ideas. And, and, and I promise that what comes out will be authentic to your audience. And, um, I I've seen that firsthand. So you know, I think those are, those are some things that I think will can help just level people up and, um, and, you know, and then double down on creative. I mean, everyone says it. And if you can find awesome creative people to work with and, and really focus on it and then double down on that. Um, you know, so you have that content engine, uh, going, you know, that's really what's going to make, make you stand out and, and not just stagnant. So, um, yeah, I think those are the things that, that come to mind. And that's awesome. You're touching on the most important things that you can touch on going into 2022, uh, right. Brand branding, creative, listening to your customer storytelling, all super important things. Uh, love the, love the listening to your customer suggestion. I mean, yeah. Post-purchase survey, like you said, you can run a hot jar so easily or, um, all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, even like checking out Reddit, if you're a big enough brand, people are talking about you on Reddit, what's happening there. What are people saying? Um, one of my favorite ones is to even look at Amazon for like competitors or other brands, but like very similar product, right? It's like those three star reviews are gold. <laughs> like what, you know, why did they not give it four or five? But like, I don't want the complainers and the one stars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ends up being really good points there that, uh, yeah. Allow you to just make sure that you're handling those objections, talking about those key points in your marketing and, and, um, yeah. And all that stuff. So that's awesome. Well, I appreciate the time, Brett. It's been really awesome having you on the podcast. Um, yeah. I mean, if, is there anywhere that if anybody wants to connect with you or, or anything like that, that is the best place to reach out to you or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm Brett Swenson pretty much everywhere. So, you know, LinkedIn or Twitter, um, and that's Swenson with a, with an EN. So yeah, I'd love to connect with, with others that are, that are growing and, and building brands. So, um, yeah, reach out to me. Awesome. And, uh, everyone definitely check out Kizik. It's, uh, K I Z I K.com. Really awesome, innovative shoe company. Love what you guys are doing. Thanks for being on the show, Brett. Really, really appreciate it. Hope you guys absolutely annihilate it going into the, the rest of Q4 here and beyond. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for, for joining us here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Samir El Kamuni here. Thank you so much for listening to Ecom Growth Leaders podcast. If you are a successful brand that is crushing it and would like to be on this program, 
please visit go.ecomgrowthleaders.com slash podcast dash guest. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on social. Ecom Growth Leaders is sponsored by Fetch and Funnel, a performance marketing agency specializing in omni-channel media buying, creative production, and conversion optimization. We've partnered with 100 plus brands and generated over 500 million for clients using our trademarked Fetch and Funnel method. We have tons of content over our, at our blog, fetchfunnel.com slash blog, and also some amazing eBooks like How to Crush Your Competitors and How to Produce High Converting Creative. Thanks again for listening to Ecom Growth Leaders. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and it means a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, fetchfunnel.com, or follow us on social. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.